chapter nineteen of one thing needful this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org one thing needful by mary elizabeth braddon chapter nineteen it means that i am a brute mr nestorius's telegram was in the hall when lord lashmar returned to the castle and nestorius himself arrived at half-past nine o'clock next morning startling the select few who remained after the shooters had gone off to their sport neither lady carmenau nor mrs vavasour appeared at this early meal and lady sophia always accompanied the shooters when there was no hunting so the select few on this occasion consisted of lord lashmar mrs mulciber and captain vavasour who had stayed at home to work at a new novel in which all his dramatis personae were gradually coming to life at an average of eleven descriptive pages for every character on these burst nestorius haggard and pallid after a sleepless night in the scotch mail have you found her he asked agitatedly no nor any tidings of her answered lashmar rising if you will come to the library i will tell you what i have been doing mrs mulciber looked deeply disappointed she liked to have her finger in every family pie and she thought she knew a good deal more about mr nestorius's feelings for the missing girl than anybody else in the castle she was eager to comfort and give advice to make the statesman her own in his hour of trouble just as she had so impounded many other important personages but here was lashmar carrying off her prey she started up from her chair and moved quickly to the door as if to cut off nestorius's retreat if i can be of any use she cooed softly stella and i were great friends i don't think there is any one else in this house in whom she confided as freely nestorius fixed her with his keen grey eyes do you know where she has gone or why she went he asked decisively mrs mulciber hesitated preparing a diplomatic answer you don't said nestorius answering for her then you can't help us and he followed lord lashmar out of the room i could at least have advised them murmured mrs mulciber going back to her breakfast it has been my fate to see so much of the side scenes of life you must have had the most interesting experiences said vavasour finishing off a grouse let us make ourselves comfortable while those two fools fuss and twaddle about that dark-eyed girl with whom i believe they are both in love and i take it she has run away in order to bring one or other of em to the point i want you to tell me all the little details of lady banbury's elopement it is just one of those stories that a touch-and-go novelist can work upon and the details are everything imagination can give the broad lines of a story but it is hard 
fact to which one must go for details the one touch of nature don't you know like that story of the lady at brighton who after she had just left her husband's house to bolt with her lover leaving the door open behind her faltered and turned in a fit of remorse and would have gone back only the wind blew the door and it shut in her face dramatic wasn't it yet a novelist would hardly have invented the blowing to of the door why in heaven's name did she leave this house exclaimed nestorius alone with lashmar in the library what made her do such a thing she seemed to me tolerably contented with her fate resigned to live on as she was living till her literary talent found an opening and gave her independence and yet within a few hours of my leaving her she rushes away as if she were driven by the furies what can it mean it means that i am a brute answered lashmar standing before nestorius with downcast brow and a dogged air yes a brute i've always been a brute to that girl from the hour when my poor brother first brought her into this house to the hour she left it driven out of it by my foul tongue you do well to talk of the furies that girl has been my nemesis she has brought the sin of pride of birth the overweening confidence and caste home to me she has made me feel what a poor worm i am and that in gentlemanly feeling i rank lower than the lowest iron-worker in brom i set my face against her from the first i was resolved to see nothing but evil in her i was hard cold cruel pitiless saw her youth blighted by hard usage and never entered one plea in her behalf and then when i came back to the castle the other day and saw her grown to graceful womanhood saw her strange and spiritual beauty i was angry with myself for admiring her i was angry with her for being so superior to her station for giving the lie to all my prejudices the more i found myself yielding to the spell of her mystical beauty the more i set myself against her wrestling with the inclination to see more of her tearing myself from the room when she was reading to my mother shunning her at all times and in all places as if she had breathed infection and yet i could not pluck her from my heart and her image haunted me and i started up out of my sleep fancying that her voice was in my ears those deep low tones which gave new melodies to keats and milton i hated myself for falsifying every principle of my life which was to see perfection only in the well-born and every grace that attracted me to her was an offence against my pride and made me more resentful of her existence it was in this mood that i watched you and her the night before last from yonder window i saw her throw herself at your feet and kiss your hand and i was mad with rage at the spectacle i accused her of trying to entrap you with an offer playing for high stakes you accused her of trying to entrap me cried nestorius did you do that lashmar how wise and far-seeing you young men are what if i tell you that i 
had just asked her to be my wife asked her with as earnest entreaty as ever man made to the woman of his choice i had so asked her and she had refused me it was friendship gratitude which she offered me on her knee all unworthy as i am love she could not give me she refused to marry you she my mother's slave yes it is strange is it not she has not seen enough of the world to have learnt how to sell herself to the highest bidder she has curious primitive notions that a woman can only give herself in marriage to the man she loves and she does not love me she is a strange being murmured lashmar walking to the nearest window and staring out into the garden with his face averted from nestorius he had taunted her as an adventuress and a husband huntress this right-minded resolute creature who had refused the utmost promotion to which a girl in her position could aspire a rich indulgent husband highly placed famous having all qualities calculated to charm women except youth why had she so flung away high fortune why refused such a helpmate simply because she did not love him was her young heart a blank then or was there any one else yet who else could there be for her who had lived like a bird in a cage who had never since his brother's death been in the society of any men of refinement except nestorius and old werner there could be no one else her heart must be still unawakened to the mystery of woman's love you are very merciful in your silence he said after a long pause returning to the front of the fireplace where nestorius was standing but no upbraiding you could bestow upon me could intensify my sense of my brutal folly i was like a child destroying a butterfly in wanton rage at its beauty if she were here i would ask her pardon on my knees i have been miserable from the hour of her flight the abject slave of remorse all kinds of horrors have presented themselves to my mind even the idea of suicide that she might have rushed down to the river and flung herself in no no interrupted nestorius quickly i have no fear of such sinful folly her mind is too well balanced and she has that inner consciousness of genius which is almost as an armour against the arrows of fate her dominant idea was that she would be able to support herself by literature to pour out her wealth of thought and fancy in fiction she had her day dream of a cottage near the avon with an old nurse of hers for housekeeper and companion she had a scheme for the future and in leaving this house you may be sure she went with the intention of working out her own destiny in that manner i am not afraid of any folly on her part my only fear is for the dangers to which her absolute inexperience of the world might expose her she was penniless said lashmar unless as lady carmenau suggested she had borrowed money from you did lady carmenau make that suggestion how like lady carmenau 
no she had no money from me poor child you say she has literary aspirations said lashmar and you imply that she has talent for writing she has more than talent lashmar she has genius original genius rarest gift in these days of imitative art she has genius as original and as unique as that of charlotte bronte the untutored child of those lonely yorkshire moors you and i know so well but i will not ask you to believe this upon my assertion you shall judge for yourself if you will allow me to ask for my letters here lashmar rang the bell and mr nestorius's letters were brought among them a packet of printer's proofs which nestorius opened unrolled and arranged in sequence with the deftness of hands accustomed to dealing with proofs read for yourself he said when you have an hour's leisure that is the beginning of stella's story i read the whole of it in manuscript what can she write about she who has seen nothing of the world blind john milton had never seen hell and john keats had never seen a titan and yet they contrived to write about such things with very fair effect answered nestorius it seems then that she confided all her plans and aspirations to you her manuscripts even you were privileged in receiving so much of her confidence i am her tutor's old friend and she knew that i sympathized with her those two facts brought us at once en rapport well now lashmar what have you done towards finding her lord lashmar gave a detailed account of his efforts in brum he blushed like a girl when he came to the story of his hunt for a clairvoyant and his call upon mrs minchin it was utter foolishness of course inspired by a silly woman yes no doubt it is all foolishness answered nestorius thoughtfully and yet how we all hanker after it that mysterious something beyond the borderline of hard fact but our aspirations after the supernatural have been vulgarized by modern charlatans until it is hardly possible to define the distinction between the conjurer and the sibyl i'll go with you to the sibyl this afternoon if you like poor passe le temps after we have seen the police and heard what they have done for us and now i am off to my old friend werner who may be in stella's confidence he was not on the night she ran away i went to him soon after we missed her he may have heard from her since if he has he ought to have let me know answered lashmar hotly he must have seen how distressed i was about her disappearance your distress must have surprised him very much if he did see it said nestorius with a touch of scorn for i do not think he had an exaggerated idea of his pupil's importance in this house had you not better breakfast before you go out again asked lashmar thanks no i had a kind of breakfast at the station i'll see werner and then come back for a bath before luncheon 
they tell me i am to have my old rooms again of course there has been no new guest worthy to occupy them nestorius mused somewhat sadly upon his interview with lashmar as he walked across the park in the blustery autumn morning what a fitful selfish masterful spirit young love seemed to the man of mature years who loved with an unselfish tenderness and capacity of self-sacrifice unknown to youth and so it was love after all dominant unconquerable love which had impelled lashmar to bitter speeches and affected scorn he too had felt the strange witchery of that bright creature's personality had been conquered and had struggled against the victor did she care for him all the time nestorius asked himself was it for his sake she refused me was it for love of him she was cold and deaf to my prayers i pressed her hard tried to fathom the, the depths of heart and mind but could discover no secret lurking there womanly pride is so close an armour and then after long musing yes she loves him it was that which made the sting of his insolence so sharp she loves him caught by that young grace of his the darkly handsome face with its strong lines and eagle glance the pride of youth and strength and undisciplined power the radiance of a young spirit that has never known fate's reverses yes she loves him it was his image that kept her young heart sealed against me he stands at the door and keeps me out middle age has no charms she would reverence grey hairs perhaps deemeth an act of duty and devotion to give up her life to an old man but i the hard active man of the world can have no claim upon her affection no spell for her imagination i stand without the pale he found gabriel verner with an open letter before him brought by that morning's post it was from stella there was no address but the postmark was brum you may see this letter for it contains a message for you said verner after he and nestorius had exchanged a few friendly words the old man much surprised at the statesman's return it is for your eye but no other be sure you do not mention it to lord lashmar certainly not if she desires otherwise you will see nestorius read the letter in the fine clear hand he knew so well from the girl's manuscripts she had always striven to make her stories look as attractive as neat penmanship could make them the idea that they would ever take the still more attractive form of print had seemed so remote a hope and in this wise she had cultivated writing as a fine art do not be unhappy about me dear friend and master she wrote i have done that which is best for my own happiness my life at lashmar has been a very hard one ever since my benefactor's death and something occurred yesterday to make it unbearable 
i could not stay in that house another hour providence has been very good to me and i have found new friends and a new home with kind honest people a home in which i can work at literature until i am able to win my independence directly that is one i shall come back to you and carry out the dream of my life which is to have a cottage and a pretty garden by the river you and i love so well the river by which i spent so many happy days in my childhood and which always recalls the memory of the dear friend i lost please tell mr nestorius that i thank him with all my heart for his goodness to me and that i am happy to leave the fate of my first book in his hands if he who has such experience in literature will correct the proofs of my story it will be one more favour for which i shall be deeply grateful if the book should be a failure i shall be more sorry upon that kind friend's account than upon my own god bless you dear friend and be sure that absence will not lessen my affection for the teacher to whom i owe so much more than my loving care can ever repay but i look forward to the hope of having you by and by for my abiding guest in dreamland cottage don't you think that would be rather a good name for my home if ever i am happy enough to own one your ever grateful pupil stella p s on no account let any one at the castle except mr nestorius know that you have heard from me thank god she has not fallen among thieves said nestorius when he had read this letter and yet in the next moment his heart sank within him as he asked himself whether any girl so utterly inexperienced as stella could be trusted to discriminate between fair and foul whether these new friends of homely class found with such strange facility might not be wolves in sheep's clothing her youth and beauty and ignorance of the world's ways were so many sources of peril what if the kind homely soul who had so readily extended a sheltering wing were some matron of the order cheerily indicated by the honourable tom shuffleton when he offers a haven for poor mary nestorius's blood ran cold at the thought of the pitfalls that gape for unwary feet in such a city as brum and yet again he told himself that there is a semi-divine instinct which warns purity against contact with the impure an instinct finer than worldly knowledge a shred of that cast-off robe of glory which the spirit once wore in the world from whence it came stella's keen intellect and vivid imagination would serve her instead of the knowledge of unholy things the demon of impurity would betray his loathsome presence in a glance or a tone and she would flee from the destroyer as from a fiery furnace god so guards the spirits of the pure and una writing her lion is but the type of a lofty soul passing scatheless through the habitations of evil notwithstanding which comforting belief mr nestorius made up his mind that he would hunt every street in brum until he had found stella and her new friends the mind of such a man is like a grand organ with a double set of keys there is the keyboard of the enthusiast and believer the keyboard of the sceptic and matter-of-fact man of business 
it was by his power of playing on both these two keyboards with equal skill that mr nestorius had been able to influence society in every grade and men of every temper he went back to the castle and got rid of the grime and dust of a long railway journey and issued forth from his dressing-room refreshed and rejuvenated but he did not stay to luncheon he left a little note for lord lashmar to the effect that he had an appointment in brum and that he would meet him at half-past three in the coffee-room of the lion and lamb when they would go together to the cave of the sibyl having thus stolen a march upon lashmar and left himself free to pursue his inquiries unhelped and unhindered mr nestorius hired a fly in the village and drove to brum where he first took a hasty luncheon and then did three or four hours private detective work on his own account exploring street after street inquiring closely in all manner of shabby respectable neighbourhoods where such a girl as stella might naturally seek for an inexpensive lodging visiting the free library and interrogating the librarians strolling in that dreary pleasure-ground known as the people's park but by a strange fatality avoiding just that one long narrow street on the way to the cemetery and that one particular chandler's shop in which the chapmans had their dwelling-place he was weary disheartened and altogether disgusted with himself at half-past four o'clock when punctual to the very minute he entered the hotel coffee-room and found lashmar drooping despondently over a local newspaper the police had been able to tell him nothing it was as if the earth had opened and swallowed the girl for whom they were searching she must have gone to london said lashmar that is the only place in which any one could so completely vanish from human ken nestorius knew she had not gone to london but he held his peace they were alone in the coffee-room where there was no fire and where the newly lighted gas was singing a dismal chorus i have been reading her story said lashmar it is delightful so new so powerful altogether fresh and simple and fervent and true to think that boldwood's daughter should be a genius and that kind of genius not a vehement partisan of radical politicians a shrieking claimant for woman's rights but a poet a dreamer a weaver of fancy's most enthralling web how she will scorn us and the cage in which we kept her how she will laugh at her tyrants when she has burst upon the world in all the charm of her originality and has won thousands for her friends such a book must make a hit that was what the publisher's reader told me answered nestorius quietly publishers readers are sometimes wrong three or four of the tribe rejected miss bronte's jane eyre and it is said that vanity fair went to begging but this gentleman was very positive take my word for it this book will go he said it has all the fire and freshness of youth and all the grace of a highly cultivated style the writer must have fed her fancy with the very finest order of intellectual food there is no taint of garbage from the first page to the last knowing how stella had been trained by your brother and poor old werner i thought this criticism argued some power of judgment on the part of the publisher's reader yes she has been fed on the best food i have laughed at seeing her poring over homer or virgil my mother told me that girl knew milton better than any one she ever met except john bright 
and that she had shelley and keats interwoven in her memory she has an extraordinary power of memory my mother says and a fine ear for melodious combinations of words perhaps she has something to thank her ladyship for in her two years drudgery as a reader my mother never cared for inferior writers and the mill in which stella worked ground only the finest corn fate weaves in a loom whose mechanism we know not answered nestorius gravely the education of submission may have been the best education for genius but it was not a joyous experience no she has been badly treated do you think i shall deny that after my free confession this morning asked lashmar bitterly i think you are full of generous instincts marred by perverted pride answered nestorius with his unflinching air i think you have treated this girl abominably i think you have made her suffer damnably and that by way of revenge she will make you the noblest wife an english gentleman need ever hope to win for himself you think she will ever be brought to forgive me faltered lashmar excitedly i think you are both passionately in love with each other and that it needs but one look and one word from you to heal every wound you ever inflicted upon that pure and generous heart oh it is you who are generous it is only you who are noble cried lashmar i have lived twenty years longer than you and i have learnt one of the lessons that time teaches answered nestorius gravely i have learnt the wisdom of renunciation not another word lashmar i am too old for sentiment let us go and interview this witch of yours and see if she can enlighten us End of chapter nineteen